Today's episode is all about the myth of the perfect body. We're going to shed some much needed light on this elusive concept. We're tracing back the history of what society has labeled the ideal body type, and you'll be surprised how many times this has changed. We'll also be discussing the psychological and physical toll this quest can take from strained mental health to physical problems. And because you know I'm all about taking action, we'll round it off with some empowering strategies to help you accept and embrace your unique body without trying to fit into someone else's ideal. Are you ready? Let's get started. Welcome to Say When. I'm your host, Holly Toscanini. This podcast is for any woman who's had enough of restrictive diets, feeling bad about their bodies, or putting their lives on hold until they lose the weight. If you've had enough of diet culture, then it's time to say when. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Say When with me, Holly Toscanini. If you're tuning in for the first time, a warm welcome to you as well. Now today, we're going to take a deep dive into a topic that has gripped so many of us at different times in our lives this notion of the perfect body. You know what I mean. The airbrushed images on magazine covers, the influencers with sculpted abs, and the never-ending pop-ups that promise a new you in 30 days. And let's be real, the chase for this so-called perfect body is not just a trivial pursuit. It's a journey that can weigh heavy on your heart and your mind. It can bring you to the brink emotionally and physically as you starve, sculpt, and squeeze yourself into molds that society keeps changing anyway. I mean, how exhausting is that? If you ever took an art history class or maybe a trip to an art museum and you paid attention to the paintings or sculptures, you'd see voluptuous women with curvy bodies celebrated as the epitome of beauty. The ever-changing concept of the perfect body. So let's take a little stroll down the corridors of history, shall we? I want you to picture yourself in ancient Greece. The air is thick with the scent of olive oil and athleticism. Here, muscle wasn't just admired, it was art. Literally, you'd see statues of godlike figures flexing their pecs and calves, embodying the Greek love for physical prowess. Meanwhile, in a parallel universe called Egypt, the vibe was quite different. Forget the gym, slender frames and narrow shoulders were all the rage, capturing an elegance that said, I don't need to lift, I am already elevated. Fast forward to the Renaissance, and suddenly, the curves are back in. When you look at the portraits, like... Uh, by artists like Rubens, you see a celebration of fuller bodies. It was a time when abundance wasn't just wealth, it was beauty. Next stop, the Victorian era, where corsets were practically mandatory. Women aimed for that hourglass figure. Think tiny waists and voluptuous hips and breasts. It was as if someone said, let's cinch it all in the middle and let the rest spill gloriously outward. (laughs) Enter the 1920s and the flappers. Now, they're changing the game by embracing a more androgynous, straight-lined look. Flat chests, shorter hemlines, narrow hips were more fashion choices. Then they were symbols of liberation, freedom, and a shakeup of gender norms. Now hop in the time machine again and land in the 1950s. Post-war optimism brought back the curves, and who better to exemplify this than Marilyn Monroe? Her hourglass figure was a nod to the Victorian era, but with a modern post-war twist. And yes, how could we skip over the spandex-filled, leg-warmer-clad aerobics craze of the 1980s? When you land in the 80s, you'll notice a new era of fitness taking over, driven largely by one rallying cry, feel the burn. 
celebrities like Jane Fonda didn't just ride the wave, they were the wave with her leotards, headbands, and sweat-inducing workout routines. Fonda built an empire on the idea that thin was synonymous with fit, sexy, and ultimately, happiness. Her influence was more than just a pop culture phenomenon. It was a declaration that fitness had entered mainstream consciousness like never before. The message was unambiguous. Grab your leg warmers and step touch your way to a thinner, happier you. It was a heady mix of social change and personal transformation. Thinness wasn't just in, it was institutionalized. In gyms and in living rooms, everyone seemed convinced that the road to contentment and health was paved with aerobic dance steps. This ethos contributed to the broader trend of idolizing thinness and athleticism as the 80s gave way to the 90s. So with that splash of neon and pulse of dance music, the 1980s sealed its influence on our collective understanding of what it meant to have the perfect body. Thinness was rebranded, not just as a look, but as a lifestyle that promised you could literally jump for joy. The 90s dialed it back a little and replaced curves with a sort of edgy thinness. Think Kate Moss and the heroin chic look, angular and ultra thin. It wasn't just a look, it was an entire mood reflective of the cultural shifts of the time. And today, well, finally, it feels like we're moving toward a broader spectrum of body diversities, curves, angles, muscles, softness. There's space for all of it in our perception of beauty. And it's about time, don't you think? Given how our ideals have ping-ponged through history, it's high time we realized that beauty can't be confined to a single mold. With the advent of social media and increasing representation in fashion, it seems we're on our way to a more inclusive version or vision of what a perfect body can be. And that's something worth celebrating. Isn't it fascinating? You might be thinking, well, that's just art and fashion, but these changing ideals ripple through our culture, affecting how we see ourselves and others. The so-called perfect body isn't set in stone. It's a construct that varies wildly depending on the time period, location, and even who you ask. And if you're into facts as much as I am, you'll find studies like the one published in the journal Body Image, which illustrates how beauty ideals can change drastically over just a few decades. In just the last couple of years, I've noticed a pushback in the acceptance, uh, a pushback against that acceptance with this new wave of social media influencers and celebrities who are trying to reestablish the belief that thinner is better. Another cross-cultural study I read highlighted the diverse preferences for female body sizes across different cultures. While some societies celebrated fuller figures, others leaned toward slimmer body types, like the Greeks and the Egyptians. This leads to the big question, if the ideal body changes so often, how can it be ideal? Seriously, if the goalpost keeps shifting, what are we all working for? And most importantly, why are we letting these ever-changing ideals dictate how we feel about our own bodies? Okay, friends, we've established that the perfect body is this chameleon of cultural ideals that changes with the times. But what does it mean for us psychologically when we're caught up in this ever-spinning hamster wheel to find and catch that perfect body? Well, let's talk about body dissatisfaction, this gnawing sense that you're just not enough as you are, that you need to be thinner, tone, fit, curvy, you name it. Studies are increasingly pointing out that body dissatisfaction can lead to higher levels of anxiety and depression. For instance, 
Another study published in the Journal of Abnormal Psychology found a strong correlation between body dissatisfaction and elevated mental health risks. It's not just feeling down, it's a pervasive darkness that can genuinely interfere with the quality of your life. And get this, according to the National Eating Disorders Association, a staggering 70% of women don't like their bodies. That's right. Seven out of 10 women are walking around with dissatisfied bodies. Uh, And that dissatisfaction can plant the seeds for real mental health issues down the line. It's an alarming figure that shows just how widespread this issue is. Now, let's talk a little bit about a realm I like to call uh, body fantasies. And it's not just me. I've heard this term before. These are the stories we tell ourselves. Like, I don't know, if I just lose 20 pounds, then I can finally be confident enough to ask for that promotion. Or if I had slimmer thighs, my relationship would just be perfect. It's this magical thinking that convinces us that a better body will be the gateway to a better life. But guess what? Research shows that even people who achieve their ideal body often find that the happiness and rewards they thought were going to materialize just never do. Or if they do, it's not in the way they expected. Another study published in the Journal of Happiness Studies indicated that any happiness gains from physical changes are often short-lived. So not only are these fantasies misleading, but they can also set us up for a cycle of disappointment. So we've had a peek into the psychological maze that this obsession with the perfect body can drag us into. But let's not forget, this chase has a physical toll as well. And I'm not talking about the kind where you're a little sore after a good workout. I'm talking about long-term damage that can seriously compromise your health. First, let's discuss extreme dieting and over-exercising. These aren't harmless one-offs. They can lead to serious health issues like hormonal imbalances, nutrient deficiencies, and even stress fractures. The Journal of Clinical Endocrinology and Metabolism suggests that extreme caloric restriction could lead to hormonal imbalances, which can mess up everything from your menstrual cycle to your bone health. And those nutrient deficiencies? Don't even get me started. Iron, vitamin D, omega-3s, you name it. Extreme dieting can deplete it. These deficiencies can result in fatigue, weakened immune systems, and poor cognitive function. And yes, you've guessed it, all these conditions are backed up by scientific research, including a comprehensive review in the International Journal of Environmental Research and Public Health. Now let's talk just a little bit about your body's natural set point weight. This is the weight your body naturally gravitates toward when you're practicing intuitive eating and exercising in a balanced way that feels good and sustainable. Research shows that fighting against your set point weight is like swimming upstream. A landmark study published in the New England Journal of Medicine even found that up to two-thirds of dieters regain more weight than they lost within the first five years. Why? Because our bodies are hardwired to fight against starvation. When you diet, your body doesn't know you're going to try to fit into those skinny genes. It just thinks you're in a famine, and it slows down your metabolism to try to conserve energy. And let me tell you, that metabolic slowdown can take years to correct. The takeaway here? Most diets fail in the long term, and the physical toll of the weight loss and weight gain cycle can be detrimental. It's not just your self-esteem that suffers. Your body bears the brunt, too. Okay, we've walked through the minefields of cultural expectations and the toll it can take both mentally and physically. It's been a heavy journey, but don't worry. 
I'm not going to leave you hanging. It's time to flip the script and talk about liberating ourselves from these unrealistic ideals and reconnecting with our bodies in a healthy and respectful way. Let me introduce you to the Health at Every Size, or HAES, philosophy. This approach shifts the focus away from dieting to improve health metrics and instead encourages body diversity, intuitive eating, and life-enhancing movement. It's not about what you should look like. It's about embracing who you are right here, right now. Now, I want to share a little success story with you all. I think it beautifully encapsulates everything we've been discussing so far. I'd like you to meet Jen. Not a real name, of course, to protect her privacy, but her journey is as real as it gets. Jen came to me a few months ago, trapped in the mindset that so many of us know all too well, that if she could just lose those last pounds, she would finally become confident, that her life would magically fall into place, she'd be comfortable in her body, and everything would be perfect. She held on to this belief like it was a life raft in the middle of the ocean. We worked together to unpack that body fantasy. Slowly but surely, Jen began to realize that her lack of confidence wasn't actually tied to her weight. It was tied to her belief that she wasn't enough as she was. Through our coaching sessions, Jen embraced the principles of health at every size and intuitive eating. She started to focus on how she felt rather than how she looked. She stopped weighing herself every day, a habit that had been wrecking havoc on her emotional well-being. And you know what happened? Jen found her confidence. Not because she lost weight, she actually stopped tracking that, but because she found joy in activities that she used to avoid fearing judgment. She rekindled her love for dancing. She joined a community group and even took up painting. Now Jen lives her life with a level of confidence and freedom she never thought was going to be possible. And guess what? She didn't have to change her body to change her life. She just had to change her mindset. So what can you do today to embrace your unique body and change your mindset? Here are five things that you can do to get started. First, let's talk about embracing the concept of body neutrality. This helps you learn to appreciate your body for what it can do, not how it looks. It's the idea that we can learn to live our lives without having strong feelings, good or bad, about our appearance. This is when most of the thoughts we have about our bodies are neutral. We begin to trust our bodies and listen to the signals they've given us about hunger and fullness and satisfaction. And once we feel comfortable with body neutrality, we can then shift our focus to practicing body respect, which is really just taking the time to care for ourselves and our bodies, no matter how we feel about them. This can simply mean wearing clothes that actually fit. This is one way to show your body respect. And we don't have to love every single inch of our body, but we can care for our bodies and honor their needs. This is when we begin to engage in health-promoting habits and behaviors because we want to, not because we have to change the way we look. Then we can begin to experience body freedom. And this is the idea that only we get to choose what's right for our body, not anyone else. And one of the most powerful shifts we can make in our thinking is this. The body is not an ornament, but a vehicle to experience life. There are no standards that it has to meet. Our body is a way for us to experience hunger and satisfaction, yes, but also the full spectrum of human emotions. The second thing we can do is practice intuitive eating. This is all about paying attention to your body's internal cues. Are you really hungry or is it something else? Do you want that donut because it sounds good or because you are tired of restricting? Listen to your body. It knows what it needs. Three, reclaiming the narrative. 
My friends, be picky about what you consume. And I'm not just talking about food, but media as well. Unfollow any Instagram accounts that make you feel inadequate and start consuming content that celebrates all body types. Four, affirmations and journaling. I talk about this a lot, but I think it's important to take a moment each day to connect with your body, appreciating for what it is right now, not what society says it should be or could be. And if you're looking for a gentle nudge along this path of self-reflection, you might find my self-care for empowered women journal to be a handy companion. Far from an ordinary journal, think of it as a conversation starter between you and yourself. It offers thoughtful prompts aimed at helping you nurture your well-being and establish a mindful daily routine. Consider it a guidebook for fostering kinder self-talk and a balanced outlook on life. If this resonates with you, you can find this thoughtful tool on my website. It's like making a promise to yourself to embrace body acceptance. And number five, mindfulness techniques. Whether it's through meditation, yoga, or just five minutes of deep breathing, mindfulness helps you become aware of your body and learn to accept it without judgment. And don't forget, you don't have to go this road alone. Head over to my website where you'll find resources and programs designed to guide you on this journey toward body acceptance. It's a safe space where you can be unapologetically you. And here's a little insider tip. Sometimes embarking on this journey is easier with a guide. That's why I highly recommend working with a non-diet health coach like yours truly. A health coach can help you navigate the ups and downs hold space for your experiences, and provide you with personalized strategies tailored just for you. What I offer isn't about teaching you how to conform to societal pressures or morph into someone else. Nope. It's about guiding you toward body neutrality and liberating you from the shackles of diet culture. It's about helping you get back in touch with your inherent intuition and spirituality. And of course, making peace with food and your body. If this sounds like something you're interested in or even just a little bit curious about, I'd love to chat with you. Click the link in the show notes or head over to my website and schedule a free coaching call. Let's make your next chapter one of liberation, self-acceptance, and holistic well-being. All right, my friends, that brings us to the end of this empowering episode of Say When. Thank you for joining me on this deep dive into the dangers and deceptions of chasing the so-called perfect body. I hope you're walking away with some valuable insights and actionable steps to help you embrace your unique self. Remember, the idea of the perfect body is just that, an idea. It's a myth that's been sold to us for generations. But your body, as it is right now, is worth celebrating. Heck, it's more than worth it. It's downright necessary. For more resources and support, don't hesitate to visit my website, hollytoscanini.com, where you'll find more information that can further assist you on this transformative journey. And of course, don't forget, you can schedule a free coaching call with me if you're looking for personalized guidance. So let's toast to body acceptance, liberation from diet culture, and a life where we are free to be our most authentic selves. Until next time, take care and always remember, you're more than enough, just as you are. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Say When, the podcast for women who've had enough of diet culture and are ready to get on with their lives. If you'd like to learn more about working with me, send me a DM through Instagram at Holly Toscanini, or you can find me on my website, hollytoscanini.com. Thanks for joining me.